This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 1202, When the Pursuit of Greatness Does More Harm Than Good, and Forget Yourself, both by Lori Deshane of tinybuddha.com and my very own personal narrator, Justin Mollick, reading to you from some amazing blogs and books to help you optimize your life. Topics include personal development, productivity, and minimalism mostly. Some of the authors I feature with their permission include Zen Habits, Mark and Angel, Shalene Johnson, and more. Today's site, Tiny Buddha, is a huge blog with so much content that you'll find it narrated across all five of our shows. And before we get to our posts, hiring used to be hard, multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy with ZipRecruiter, where 80% of employers who post a job get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And now my listeners can try it for free at ziprecruiter.com old. That's ziprecruiter.com slash O-L-D. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Now let's get right to today's two posts as we optimize your life. When the Pursuit of Greatness Does More Harm Than Good by Lori Deshane of tinybuddha.com. Quote, seek not greatness, but seek truth, and you will find both. Horace Mann. You're destined for greatness. Don't settle for mediocrity. You can be extraordinary. Have you ever heard one of these motivating statements? I see them all the time around the web, and while I understand the intention, I sometimes have mixed feelings about the implication. We all want to make a difference in the world. We all want to make some kind of impact, both to contribute to mankind and to feel that our lives mean something. It's a great big world out there, and at times it can feel like we don't matter unless we're doing something huge. We might even be tempted to label our lives as unworthy if we're not doing something that garners attention and admiration. This was the foundation of my early interest in performing. It wasn't just that I loved expressing myself creatively, though I did. I've always had a wellspring of emotion that craves some type of artistic outlet. It was more that I needed that feeling of standing above a crowd that was fixated on me. I desperately craved their approval and applause, their confirmation that I was a valuable person, that I was someone with talent. Talent made me special. It made me stand out. When I held a microphone or moved center stage, I felt good about me. But when the house lights came on at the end of the night, that feeling depended on whether or not I received verbal confirmation of my greatness. If another actor received more flowers or compliments, I feared that I wasn't good enough. This right here is what I dislike about the implication we can and should strive for greatness. It seems to imply that where we are right now isn't already great. In the race to be extraordinary, to me, this just feeds into the type of thinking that suggests we need to stand out to prove we're somehow better than ordinary. Now, I'm not suggesting we shouldn't try to make an impact on the world or that we should stifle our energy or efforts in order to play small. This isn't a judgment that small is better than big, though clearly I'm a proponent of focusing on the tiny things. It's just that we tend to feel more satisfied in the big things we create over time if we're not focusing on the whole, but rather the many enjoyable parts that create it. And we tend to be more effective if we're drawn by a meaningful motive rather than the need to reach some level of achievement. When we strive for greatness, we feel a sense that we need to make a difference someday. When we focus on purpose, we feel a sense that we can make a difference right now. When we aim to be extraordinary, we can get caught up competing and comparing as if what we're doing isn't good enough. When we endeavor to be meaningful, we make choices based on what aligns with our intentions and feel good about each step along the way. 
when we try to avoid mediocrity, we focus on what we don't want to be and create fear and pressure to excel. When we embrace our passion, we focus on what we do want to do and create excitement that naturally creates momentum. If we have a compelling reason to do something, the doing itself feels great. Now a caveat, as black and white as this may seem, naturally it isn't. We may always feel that need for approval, at least on some level. We're social creatures, and especially in our social media-driven world, we're even more status-driven than ever. This isn't about completely relinquishing the desire to achieve and receive attention for it. It's about recognizing how and when this desire creates more stress than inspiration. At the end of the day, that's what we really want, not just to seem inspiring, but also to feel inspired. We can only do that if we release the blocks that keep us gazing toward the future, looking for confirmation of our worth. What's your meaningful motive? And what can you do today to act on it with passion? I have one more post from her, but first, thank you again to ZipRecruiter. Hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart a place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place is ziprecruiter.com old. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ziprecruiter.com old. That's ziprecruiter.com old. ziprecruiter.com old. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Forget Yourself by Lori Deshane of tinybuddha.com. Quote, when someone receives us with open-hearted, non-judging, intensely interested listening, our spirits expand. Sue Patton Thiel. Whether you're talking to your mother or your coworker, odds are you don't always give your complete attention without formulating thoughts of your own. Even the most zen person sometimes wastes to talk instead of really listening. It happens all the time. As your sister recounts her afternoon and the hassle she encounters at DMV, you feel the temptation to interrupt and one-up her. Your afternoon was even crazier. While your boyfriend tells you about his interview, you half-listen and half-prepare your own monologue entitled, My Long Day at the Office. And let's not forget your daughter's after-school recap when it takes everything inside you to not finish her sentence, rush her to the point, and start doling out chores. Without realizing it, you give in a subtle cue she doesn't deserve your time and full attention. When you focus your energy on planning what to say next, you don't completely hear what someone's saying, meaning you respond to them without digesting their words first. Instead of staying open, allowing their story maximum impact, you listen half-heartedly so you'll have your turn and hopefully their agreement or approval. After all, that's what we all want, a sense that we're heard, our feelings make sense, and we have a right to feel them. Why not give that gift to someone else before seeking it for yourself? It's challenging to stop thinking about our lives long enough to focus on someone else's, and it may seem counterintuitive. How can you converse if you don't process what someone else says and consider it within the context of your own reality? 
It's not so much a matter of shutting off your mind as it is learning to focus your attention, actively listening without judging or drifting so you can respond from a place of clarity and quelling your instinct to switch the subject when that person you care about would appreciate just a little more of your time. When you resist the urge to compare or compete and refrain from forming opinions, you let other people know you care about what they have to say, not just because it gives you an excuse to talk about yourself, but because you value their thoughts and learn from them. In the process, you also give yourself a break from worrying, analyzing, and judging, a brief flicker in time to let everything go and just absorb the world around you. In that way, you benefit twofold from forgetting yourself for a while. You just listened to the posts titled, When the Pursuit of Greatness Does More Harm Than Good, and Forget Yourself, both by Lori Deshane of tinybuddha.com. I'll leave it there for today. Hope you're having a great day. I'll see you in tomorrow's show where we'll hear a post from Leon Logothetis and where your optimal life awaits.